let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to another Opinions, and um, we're back at our um, Essex recording studio this week. We are indeed, we're, we're at Licorice. But we are, and uh, as you can hear, first beer of the evening has just been cracked open. Um, this week we are featuring uh, some beers that were sent to us by Wild Weather Owls, who are based in Reading. Um, so let's, uh, let's get into this first one, cheers. Cheers. It smells like a smoothie. It does, it's... You can definitely smell cherry. I think you can smell it a bit of banana as well, because a lot of smoothies do have banana in them. So this is First Person Fruiter, a cherry and banana sour, which is part of their blend series, and it comes in at 5% in a very, very colourful can. Basically, a robot being shot with bananas. I quite like it. There's a lot going on, but I quite like it. Like I said, their branding is um, very distinctive, isn't it? Very colourful. Yeah. Definitely very colourful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll speak a bit more about this beer in a minute. So, but yeah, very, very banana, very fruit smoothie. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely getting the cherry. Um, thankfully, at the moment, I'm not getting a lot of the banana. Banana, not a flavour you like. Uh, I like bananas in their natural form in a skin and in no other format. No other whatsoever. format. Oh, okay. Straight into um, Beery Adventures this week. So there's no there's no preamble this week. We're, we're just going to go straight in. Straight in. Uh, I think our Beery Adventures are very similar here, Steve. Uh, last Wednesday, so uh, we were, we were uh, invited to the launch of the Renegade Renegade Beers, which are which is the craft craft arm of uh, West Berkshire Brewery. And uh, thank you very much to in, for inviting us to that. That was at the depot, their, their London operations over in Islington. And um, had a really fun evening. Great to catch up with some people while we were over there. And um, try, tried the, uh, the, the new range. What did you think of them, Steve? Um, yeah, they were all okay. They, I mean, the, the West, I thought the West Coast Pale Ale in the can was excellent. Out, out of the four, um, because what was there? There was the, the, there was the West Coast Pale Ale... There was a session IPA. IPA. There was a, a craft lager, and then there was a Vienna lager yeah. as, as as well. Now, for for me, like say, I, probably the one that I enjoyed the most was the West Coast Pal, mm. which was strikingly bitter. Yeah, and I thought the session IPA was excellent on draft. Yes, I I, I had that on draft. I, I had, had the can. first beer I had when I walked in there. On draft, I thought it was excellent actually. Yeah. yeah, that was a good session. I was about four point two. Mm. Um, I thought that I thought the craft lager, and I, I made my thoughts known about having the word craft on the can, um, was very clean, very crisp, and would definitely have a mass appeal for people who are looking for a, an entry level gateway into the world of craft. The Vienna lager had a bit more going on. I thought it was very nice. A bit more, more yeah, in there, a lot sweeter. Was, definitely, was it? yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought they were all very good. I mean, the, the, again bit on topic for what we're going to discuss tonight as well yeah um, but aside from that if you are if you are in the Caledonia Road area the pub which they which they have over there the depot is a is, is a really really nice venue very big a couple of split levels um, some outside area which is still undercover as well 
um, and was part of one of the original omnibus uh, factories in, in London as well. So a bit of history there. So thanks again, guys. Enjoyed that. Yeah, it was it was a like I said, it was a really fun evening. It was nice to catch up with quite a few people yep. while we were there as well. So we um, listener of the show, Mark Johnson, um, was down, and it was actually his birthday. It was his birthday as well. So it was nice to to share a few beers with Mark on his birthday. Pete McCary uh, was there. We bumped into um, Andrew from Riverman Brews podcast as well, mm-hmm. who was there, and Andy Parker was, and, was yep. there as well. So and what else? Well, the only other thing um, that I've done in the last week, which, is, which was again with you, um, <laughs> was we've re- recorded the latest uh, Opinions on Films show, um, which is our kind of Christmas special of, of, of that little spin So where we, where we sat there and watched Die Hard for two hours and, and rabbited on. Oh, we did, we did, uh, <laughs> and enjoyed uh, a, a series of beers. A selection of beers from Beer Merchants, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and that'll be out in a few weeks yeah. for, for people to listen to, but, but I, I can't even say I've had any um, real standout beers at home this week either no I think in between a few because we recorded on Monday then we were out on the Wednesday and recording on the Saturday I'm sort of in between I sort of dialed it down anyway yeah you know we're coming up to quite a busy period with, beer, with drinking anyway and going out stuff I just sort of dialed it in a little bit yeah. I think I had a few beers on Friday night but nothing like you say nothing really stood out yeah same here that's it, you don't listeners how happy I should be right now. We, we are rattling through, through this. Done. Um, should, we, should we talk a little bit more about the, the beer then? I mean, I'm still getting. Is it for me, cherry is the dominant flavour? Yeah, I mean, cherry is definitely more than a banana. I'm getting a little bit of the banana, and I think that's what's giving it a bit of the slightly thicker mouthfeel as well. Um, for me, it's, I mean, we're probably potentially drinking it at the wrong time of year as well. So this is probably more spring, summer. Yeah, type of I'd, drink, I'd, I'd say that. rather than the last Monday of November when yeah. we have definitely moved into winter. Um, it's nice. I, I, I don't think I could drink many of them. No, the the, the sourness is quite um, it's quite a sticky sort of sweet tartness rather than sort of mouth puckeringly sour. It doesn't dry you out. It doesn't make you do that sharp intake, does it? Yeah, it's nice. It mean. To coin a phrase, it does do what it says on the side of the tin. But it just, for me, it's just, it's, um, it's or maybe on a hot day. Getting a little bit more of the banana now. It's coming through for you, is it? Yeah. Is it killing it for you now? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not a fan of Yeah, but like I would say before, I think whenever you pick out um, an element of a drink, of a beer that you know you don't like, that starts to take over. Yeah. You know, for me, that's um, coconut, some of the weirder herbs that shouldn't be in beer, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, those those kind of things, then you start to, you just home in on them. They're there, aren't they? Yeah, Constantly, and then they become front yeah. and centre. So, but yeah, it's, it, 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 you know, if that's the kind of thing that floats your boat, it does exactly what it says. It does, it, and, and that's that's the thing. I mean, you, you know, let's let, let's not, you know, almost mark it down for, for that. It's a cherry and banana sour. Yeah. And that's exactly what you've got in your glass. Yeah. You, you, you know, so points for that in terms of nailing the, the, the description. Yeah, I mean, it says it's a blend series, so I presume this is either some form of seasonal or experimental rather than something that they'd be aiming to put into the core. Do you, well, actually, do you want to be a, where they have a core? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure they do. I think they've got, they've got kind of an ever-rotating range of beers because all the beers I've had of them I seem to have just had once I think yeah. untapped earlier it seems to be one 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 yeah no I, th- I think it's, it is very much an ongoing yeah. series okay 
Skeleton News then. Excellent. Shall we? Um, so, so first up this week is um, a, a new beer release. So this is a beer called Downstream, which is the world's first ever blockchain beer. Now, you may be wondering what that means in, in terms of a blockchain beer. Well, basically, um, it's 100% traceable in terms of its ingredients and its methods. And this is all done via a... Uh, unique QR code that's on the bottle so people can, can get the bottle scan it and they can find out exactly what batch it was what ingredients went into that batch how it was brewed where it was brewed where it was packaged and all the rest of it it will have all of those details available for you by scanning the code on on the beer so downstream is a hybrid IPL um, that will be hitting the market in the next week or so so if um, if people are interested in getting involved in that, it's the guys from Island Craft Beers that, that are behind this. So it is being brewed in Ireland and then brought over to the UK. Um, but it's available from Honest Brew if, if people want to give that a try. So any thoughts on that? I mean, the blockchain thing is interesting and people do have an interest in where their products come from. Um, I'll be interested, oh no, for me, it'd be whether the beer's any good. Yeah, that's kind of, as I was reading it, I was like, this is a great idea, but is the beer any good? Yeah, I mean, if the beer's a bit pants, then it's no good. If the beer is good and it's got this extra level of information that, so that people can go for the whole sourcing their beers kind of thing and know exactly what's behind it, everything else, then I think that's excellent. Next up, uh, some news about the Beer Merchants Blendery, which is, um, it's now got a name, it's the Good Company Blendery. Um, by the time this show goes out, the crowdfunding would have closed. So you would have missed the chance to basically double your money uh, at the bar. Um, but they've announced this week that um, they're going to be using words from Wild Beer Co. and Burning Sky. And also Duration once they're all up and running. So they're going to be using that as, as the basis of the beers that they blend. Who's Duration? Uh, they are a new... Um, at the moment they're cuckoo brewing but they're, they're going to be based up in Norfolk. Well, they're going to be doing um, kind of these wild beers, like like the wild beer cone Burning Sky do okay. as well. So um, it's great that they're going to be on board. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's great for them as well. Yeah. To be involved in this project. Be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this all goes. Even, you know, forget about the W money thing. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It, it is. And, I mean, they've certainly had quite a bit of investment to, to date. I know we've both invested in it. Yeah. Um, because that, almost that double your money offer was, was too good to turn down yeah. in, in the end. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can only wish them every success with it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Same different. It was a different type of crowdfunding. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, next up, we've got uh, some news from Hawkshead. Agreed to deal with German uh, manufacturer Kroners to build state-of-the-art new brewery as part of the 3 million two-site brewery expansion. Uh, Kroners will install a turnkey 40-barrel, 6,500-litre rapid-batch brew house capable of multiple brews per day on a site in South Cumbria near the existing brewery. Uh, the existing brewery at Stavely will continue in production concentrating on small-batch specialist and limited-edition beers. Uh, the new brewery will be built on a site owned by the Hawkshead parent company, Howard International. So um, we're seeing, obviously, some of the fruits of that investment mm. coming out there. I mean, that's quite, a, I mean, that's a big expansion. Yeah. That's a big investment. 
Yeah, because we, we, down south where we are, we don't see much horsehead. Um, no, I mean, and they do, they, they do specialise in cask as, as well. So cask beer is 65% of their current mm. output. I know, I'd be quite happy to see more Hawkshead cast beer getting, getting down to London and, and the South East myself. Yeah. Um, but that is still some, some money. It is. It's a, it's a huge investment. Yeah. So and I think if, if, if the result of that is going to be more Hawkshead beer, which clearly it will be, then I think that's only a good thing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, mean, I, I, I like Hawkshead. Like I said, my, my, the last time I think I had Hawkshead on tap was when we went to the Manchester Beer Festival in January. Yeah. That's the last time I got on tap. Okay, and then while we're talking um, sort of investments and breweries and money and all the rest of it, I'm trying to make a tentative link between the two here. Um, there's news today of uh, an East Anglian brewery being put up for sale. So no names were mentioned, um, but within the spec of this sale, it spoke about um, the brewery has two supermarket contracts in place and a staff team of five people. Uh, and it's currently for sale for the small amount of £30,000. See, 30 grand sounds cheap to me. It sounds very cheap. I mean, you've got your contracts in place, although it doesn't specify how long those contracts have still got to run, which would be a, a consideration. Premises, I suppose they may only be on lease anyway. So you may not get premises. So are you getting Goodwill and Brewkit? And the name? Yeah. Whichever that may be. Whatever there is. If anyone knows more, please let us know. Yeah. But for, in my head, 30,000 just seems... Doesn't seem like a lot. Doesn't seem Does like it? a lot for a brewery that has supermarket contracts. No. So, so. but a bit, bit, bit sad if someone's standing up, it would be a bit sad if it's for any you know bad reason or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll find out. Yes. Once, once the sale actually goes through who it is or I'm sure more news will come out and if any of our listeners decide to, to buy it let us know yeah ab- absolutely so um, while I was uh, going through that final news item what's going on it just we're, we're flying through yeah it's, it, people are like, it's, people. It's, it's rocked me a little bit I don't know yeah, what's going hey, on hey, but, uh, the listeners are confused as well yeah so I've opened can number two from Wild Weather Ales this is a 5.6 peach sour um, I'm a bit more nervous about this one than the first one because I'm not a massive lover of peach unless it comes out of a tin um, and it's called Peach of a Weekend so uh, cheers. cheers first thing I'm going to say it's got a lovely nose on it you, you know that's peach but it's definitely Straight not away. it's definitely not hiding the peach oh it's quite sharp actually there's not a lot of sourness to that no it's more dry it's more like um, it's almost like a peach flavoured lager or peach flavoured pale ale rather than a peach sour. Yeah, I mean the the yeah, it's not. I mean, like I said, I'm not getting that puckering, but I'm definitely getting dryness at the end. There's a lot of dryness in there, so and that's dried my mouth out yeah, straight away. That has dried dried mine too. So uh, we'll make our way through this. We will. And um, while we're making our way through this, opinions, 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 opinions. This week, um, on the back of the news that uh, both Twisted Barrel and maybe more surprisingly, Brew by Numbers are putting beers into cans, um, we decided to ask the question in the modern UK beer market, do breweries need their beers in cans to stay in the game? Now, we had 463 votes, so it's quite a lot of votes this week. 70% of, of those that voted said no, 
that they don't need to. Um, and then, as always, that there are a lot of comments. But be, before we go into the comments, I do just want to make the point that th- this was different from the poll that we ran back in September, yeah. which, which asked, is canned beer really better? Yeah, we, we were specifically going for, is the product inside of the can better for being in the can? Yeah. That was, that was, the, that was what we were going for the poll back in September. And we wouldn't normally run a poll similar within a short space of time. But again, we've twisted barrel, and yes, probably maybe more surprising brew by numbers, um, talking, you know, saying that, you know, we're canning, cans are coming out. There'd been no sort of build up to this, at least not what I've seen anyway. We thought it was a good time to ask, do you need to, I don't know, be on trend? Do you have to put it in cans? Does it? Does yeah. the vessel have to? Does your range need to involve a can? So rather than talking about, do you need to have your your double IPAs, your triple IPAs, and your imperial stouts as well as your core range? Don't forget about all of that. Does it need to be in the can? Yeah. So in in particular, um, we just focus on the brew by numbers one at the moment because the the, the thing that's striking about the brew by numbers can. I haven't actually looked probably, so if you could pass me, it's, me the picture. It's a departure from their normal labelling system. Oh, isn't it? Because there's no numbers on it. No. For, for starters. And it's a, it's a double dry hot pal, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's a DDH pal ale. Uh, so it's coming out, what, this week? It's, it's been released uh, on Friday this week. Okay, so the day in, after the podcast release. To coincide with their fifth birthday, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the design does look quite striking, but the only thing that, yeah, it does not have that so-and-so slash so-and-so. Yeah, which is kind of what Brew by Numbers is. Yeah. Um, but we, we reached out to Brew by Numbers and, and we asked them um, their reasoning behind it and, and Chris, Chris Hall from the brewery came back to us. Um, so just to pick out a few points from, from Chris's email okay. that, that he sent across. Um, it's a can of something they've always desired but they've never been in a rush um, because as with every aspect of the business they, they wanted to, to do it right. Um, without a doubt cans help to sell hoppy beers faster but it's not as, it's not as simple as that. So he went on to say that they've tried to stay ahead of the curve, particularly in um, regard to the East Coast inspired hazy hoppy beers and mixed fermentation projects, but they weren't interested in the mobile or contract canning to, to get the beer into cans faster, purely for the sake of it. So um, what they did is they've, they've looked at the solution that works best for them, and basically um, they're going to be brewing the beer at Brew by Numbers, and then shipping it in a tank to Forpure, who are then canning it for them. Do you know what I was going to say is it goes to Forpure, because their canning line is awesome. So literally, what, less than a mile down the road? Yeah, it's about a mile. Yeah. Um, so, um, which obviously keeps it fairly local as, as well. Yeah. It means it hasn't really left the brewery um, and gone too far. Uh, the motivation to make sure it was this beer that went into a can first um, was it something special and they wanted it to stand out what with it being the 5th anniversary and it's allowed them to apply everything they've learned from trips to the States and collaborations with brewers there um, they're hoping it's a reflection of where they are now and in the period between announcing, announcing the cans on Friday last week and tonight as we recall they've sold nearly 300 cases of the cans 
So they're excited to get their beer to people fresher than ever before. That's, that is exciting news. Um, I love the fact that they're working with Forpure to get the job done. I, I just I, When I read that, I was like, I didn't even think of that. When you said they were going to package it and get off, I, I, in my head I was thinking Forpure. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I just, I think that almost goes a step behind, beyond the whole breweries working in collabor- collaboration. Yeah. That's, that's breweries working in partnership now. That's, that's a partnership because there's a, this, is obvious, this is a business decision on both parts to do it. But it sounds, from the outside looking in, perfect. The beer doesn't have to travel far. Yeah. The, the canning line at, at, at Four Pure is, what, about a year, a year old, I think, the newest one, so or a year and a half. I think that's excellent. And Four Pure have been doing cans for a long time now. Yes, Four Pure have lots of experience. So they know how to do it. Yeah. And I don't think with Four Pure, personally, I've had um, an under-conditioned or under-carbonated can from them. Mm. So forgetting about what the actual type of beer they're putting in the cans, and personally I like Forpure, but conditioning-wise, I haven't had any problems with Forpure cans. So that's, that's really is. It's, it's great news. I mean, I would say the one thing that I'm is, just is the numbers still bothering you. The numbers are really bothering me because it's you've you've laid out your whole brand on this series of numbers, but in bottles. In bottles. This is a can. I still want to see it on the can. It's still one of their beers. I still think you can do it differently with the can. I don't. I think, the, I think the design of the can looks nice. Well, you know what? I'm I'm going to their birthday party on Friday, so I'm I'm going to try and grab Chris and ask him why they don't got why they dropped the numbers. <laughs> Where the fuck are the numbers? I don't care as long as he's got it untapped. <laughs> well, and hopefully I have some feedback last ne- next week as to whether the numbers are coming back. Yeah, or almost not. live feedback. Yes. Yeah. But no, I, I think you know that is really interesting news, and it was definitely what sparked us doing doing this poll for this week it, it was and, and I think again it's interesting because we had, we've had a lot of votes on this one yep. as, as well and we had some great comments as, yep. as well for, from people so let's, let's let's get into some of the, those comments because that's, that's what we're about here yeah. it's about listener engagement and people getting involved um, so first one from JT at our underscore and underscore metal um, no they need to somehow become more widely available outside their region i.e. I can quite easily buy beers brewed in Manchester Yorkshire Scotland Tyneside but not much from further south than Leeds so what, what do you think on that one? well I reckon everyone who's in Leeds and going north will go well we don't care a lot of the time yeah. who wants to be from down south is what they'll say um, I don't know I suppose um, again that, that, I mean, that, that capacity issue will be the same for cans or bottles well, the vessel will be relevant to the capacity issue anyway, won't it? Well, yeah, because again, let's let's go back to I suppose both brew by numbers and twisted barrel. Brew by numbers looks like uh, I think it's a five hundred mil can, um, and uh, certainly twisted barrel at four forty. Mm-hmm. Both only previously available in three thirty mil bottles. Yeah. So they've had to have produced more beer. Or to get in the large can. I mean, that's an interesting point, actually. I hadn't appreciated it from the picture you've shown us, but the cans were because Renegade last week they've just gone for the traditional three thirty. Yeah. Um, which I have to make sit inside my fridge door a lot more comfortably than the four forties and five hundreds. They take a, lot, a bit more adjustment with the shelf space. Um, I, I think I think the vessel is probably irrelevant to whether you get your beers further afield. 
that's just a, that's more your capacity issue yeah. in whatever your chosen vessel and is. And distribution yeah. as well, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's not it's not just capacity. It's about how you're getting your beers around the country. Yeah, I mean, probably the if if you are looking for beers outside of your your locale, then your online is your best bet in those ones, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next up, we had from Michael at Obnoxious Beers. Um, can beer last longer, it's a better traveller, it's more ecologically friendly, glass is traditional, usage and we're used to it. Canning is not only economically better, but it's far better for the environment. I mean, this is all stuff that we know, yes. isn't it? And this is stuff that we, we, we've covered, covered off before. And I'm not sure how many breweries have actually come out and said, these are specifically the reasons why we're canning. No, I think when people get asked, they often cite it as part of their yeah. rationale. Um, and obviously a can does weigh a lot less. We're both big advocates of train beers and those train beers probably take the form of cans these days. Um, but whether it's the, whether it, it sort of ticks the box of it, you, you need to have it in a, in, a, in a can for those reasons. I think it's a very good point from Michael, but I'm not sure it's relevant to the reason why people do it. I'm not sure it's relevant to often why people pick them up either. Yeah. Um, so next up we had um, from Roland Glue at Has Been New Boy um, voted no but realised this might be the last shreds of beery optimism rather than realism about a fad driven marketplace also depends on if the game is brand awareness on making money not sure those always go together mm, I would say those if we could take his last point they probably do go together I mean if you're, made, if you're going for brand awareness it's, it's a business you're trying to make money aren't you yeah. Um, but I mean, further to that point, then obviously Roland Glue at Has Been New Boy has a weekly podcast with Has Been, and they, they review the beer bods beers. And one of the beers they did recently was in the can, and they had quite a long discussion about canned beer, didn't they? They, they did, yeah. Um, I think it was the Stone Caddy Belgique, yeah. wasn't it, that they were that they were drinking, and they were talking about cans and where the marketplace is going with cans. I mean, I think they were expressing, you know when you want to have that. But big, there are certain things that go, fit well for cans, certain things in bottles, the specials look better in bottles, the ones you're aging, that kind of stuff. Um, Stephen Rowland's beer podcast, um, anything between 10 and 20 minutes long. So fairly much the same length of time it takes me and Steve to do the news usually. Um, it's well worth a listen every now and again, regardless whether you get the, uh, the beer bods beers or not. So well worth listening to that one. Just, just to hear them disagreeing sometimes, like they did, they did last week. Yeah, they, they were definitely disagreeing on the the yeah. sheet, didn't they? Yeah, we'll we'll put a link to that that show in the notes actually, because I think, like I say, it does link quite nicely to what we're talking yeah. about um, t- tonight. And also having having been to Stone recently, some of their discussion, I was really interested in what they were saying about the brewery as as well. So it's it's worth yeah. giving that a listen. Definitely. Um, before we go any further, final thoughts on the, what's it called, Peach of a Weekend? Yeah, um, I didn't mind it actually. I mean, having declared my not so much love for Peach at the start, um, it was alright. I mean, I preferred it to the cherry and banana. I much preferred it to the cherry and banana. Um, it was undeniably peachy. Yes. Um, did almost start reminding me of... Uh, peach flavoured squash to, towards the end I've never tried peach flavoured <laughs> squash I said my, my my main thing with peaches is does it come out of a tin and it didn't right, remind that, that me that came out of a tin it didn't come out actually yeah. it's a good point it did come out of a tin yeah. um, but it didn't go with my trifle so but the, uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it I thought it was good 
Cool. So, pretty good so far. Shall I crack open beer number three then? Yes, yes. What's this one? Okay, so uh, Breakfast at Sicily's. Uh, cloudy Lemon IPA coming in at 5.4%. Now, I haven't opened it yet, so in my head, I'm thinking like Cloudy Lemonade. Well, that's that's what I'm that, that, that's what I'm thinking actually, I'm, I'm, and I'm hoping that's what they've gone for. Because you've had you've had a, one of the type of yeah, um, it was from. Omnipolo and Evil Twin did one called Old Fashioned Lemonade IPA earlier on in the year, and it was stunning. It was it was literally like drinking lemonade. Okay, well, we'll see what this is like in a second. So, uh, some more comments. Yep, um, Cy at Leeds Beerwolf. Um, I know whose cans I do and don't trust, but we'll always try new breweries' beers in a can. Um, Burnt Hill as an example, their Citra Mosaic is on par, if not better than Highwire. Had it yesterday for the first time. So, Cy so, there saying he, he basically will always try a new brewery if it's in a can. Okay, I've never heard of Burnt Hill. Neither have I. I, th- I think they're fairly new to the scene. Oh, it's a big, big uh, statement, if not better than Highwire. Yeah. So it might be if I ever do see it, I will, pro- I, I will probably it? try it based on what Sai has said there, actually. Yeah. Um, and then following on from that, Mark Johnson at Mark and Johnson. Uh, yep, I should know better, but cans catch my eye on the shelf first. Beers not tried in cans are likely to be picked up. Bottles are chosen more carefully. I hate that that is the case, but it is. So yeah, breweries need to work on that. Hmm. Interesting comment. And this is, you know, this is from the last two comments are from you know, a couple of listeners who are, you know, well established in our beer beer world that, that we're in. Um, and they're, they're both definitely attracted to cans. Yeah, it's interesting that as yeah. well. But they're both also talking about how they, there's, there's almost sort of a trust issue in there as well. There is well, definitely a trust thing and also, but also the cans catching your eye from Mark as well. Yeah. Which we've spoke about previously. Yeah, we've spoke about it. People have said about the real estate yeah. on cans, haven't they? Oh, that is lemony. It is. That's. It's literally like somebody squeezed a whole lemon into that glass. Okay, and it's definitely lemon on the flavour as well. Okay, for, for to be fair to them, three beers out of three, what they've said on the side. It's like a soft lemon sherbet. Lemon sherbet is where I was going to go with that. Almost no IPA. I'm not. I'm not getting. To, I'm not getting much of the IPA. Unless, too. unless stylistic wise, they've gone for the New England style of IPA, sort of lower bitterness, high on true. Because there's no, there's no bitterness. No, a little bit of residual dryness. Yeah. but you'd expect that if lemons have been involved anyway. There's going to be some sort of piffy dryness, isn't there? But yes. Yeah. Apart from that, no IPA. But yeah. interesting. Yeah. So we've got some more comments, mate. So John Moore at the beer idiot. Uh, I say dispense method is entirely down to the brewers. I do think there has been a massive increase in mobile canning to try to stay cool, though. That, that, that last bit's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't really follow enough to find out when people are canning whether they've got their own canning. I know that canning can cost much the same as buying uh, an East Anglian brewery or can cost 10 times that much, depending how much you want to put into it. Yeah. Um, and I know that mobile canning perhaps doesn't have the best rep, but again, I've seen mobile canning in action and I, I don't know enough about it to know the difference. So, but interesting that John Moore and the Beer Idiot definitely threw in that last bit. Yeah, which is kind of, that's almost what we were saying in yeah. the question, wasn't it? It's, 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 is it that you've got, you know, it's almost like that 
have you got to have the latest pair of trainers to be in the game? Yeah. Now, before so we carry on then, so we always do our opinions either at the start or the finish. So, so, what, where, where do you sit? So we've got the question, Twisted Barrel and Brew By Numbers fairly much in very short order have said, okay, our beers are kind of cans now. And yeah, Brew By Numbers probably because they've been around a bit longer and maybe a little bit better known. But I was actually quite taken aback by both those statements, to be honest, um, with the pictures on Twitter, you know, stuff on Twitter and pictures on Instagram. Um, what, what's your opinion? Um, I mean, undoubtedly, we've seen an influx in cans in, in the last, definitely the last six months, but in the last 12 months, more and more breweries putting their beers into cans. Um, you, you know, and even this year we've seen some some of the bigger boys going into cans. So we've seen Wylam uh, appear in cans for for the first time as well. Um, and and I think I think to a certain extent, I actually think breweries do need to put their beers into cans to keep up with the game because I think I think that's where the modern market is now. You've got all these wonderfully sculptured, colourful products on the shelf. And let's be honest, I suppose, lending itself to what Mark was saying a little bit, kind of their bottled cousins do look a bit old and tired now. I think there is that. I think there is that too. I mean, you know, we you know, we now know that cans in the craft market take up about 25% of sales. Um, so we've always gone full circle, you know, from being able to buy, buy big slabs of cans and then, you know, and then everyone thinking that if you got if you're walking around drinking a can, you're a bit of a bit of a lush. To now cans being very cool, you know, for various reasons. Um, do you think some breweries then will actually make a point of sort of staying out of cans to give them their point of difference? So forget about how they look. Do you think there are? I mean, in my head, I've got three in, three in my head already. But do you reckon there are some who will just say no for whatever reason? We're staying in bottles. Um, yes, I, I, I think there are, and probably like yourself, you know, there's certainly one immediately springs to mind in Thornbridge, yeah. who have on many occasions said cans just aren't for them. Yeah. I mean, the other two I had was Buxton and Colonel, just off the top of my head. I would have said Colonel as as well, and probably would have ended up at Buxton. But I'm I'm not sure if um, I do get the feel that. Buxton out of those three that we've mentioned I think if you had to put your money on who would be next it would be Buxton yeah that's because they have a beer which is a green label and they know if they put that in a can Steve you'll just buy it I don't think it is that yeah, no. yeah you'll buy all the Axage but no I, I don't know I just feel as though that, that, that Buxton are on that kind of almost on that precipice of being lost I mean, they've recently changed their labels on their bottles, and their labels are different now. So they're no longer the the old-fashioned sort of Buxton diamond with. I don't, I don't think the word. I don't think the phrase "old-fashioned" because that goes back to what Michael said about trad. I mean, just because it's glass and it's got a label which has been around for a while, I don't think it makes it old-fashioned. It makes it distinctive for me. No, but the, the old Buxton branding does look quite tired. Potentially now. And if you look at their new branding, which is more artwork-based, name in the corner, details on the back, 
it almost lends itself to a can. If you if you look at the new Buxton branding and you could imagine that on a can, I, I just I feel as though they're ready in themselves for a for a trialing can. Okay, I mean I I hadn't really picked up on that myself, um, but I would agree with you with your sentiment that it feels like you need to have a present in cans or what you should be looking at it at least and yes the three examples and probably agree with you about Buxton but there are I think there are some breweries who just won't and that's not a problem for me and they've already got their position in the marketplace but it does feel that more and more now if, if people like especially like Brew by Numbers who've been around for coming on for five years it's always been a very distinctive bottle it's either 330s or 750s for specials. Very distinctive branding with the white label and the black writing, and as you say, the numbering system as well. To 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 go to the to go to canning, this has obviously been a bit of time in the in the planning, especially if you're canning somewhere else. So there's already been a bit of a build-up. It does feel like this is the way the market's going at the moment. Yeah. Do you like that? Um I don't not like it. I don't. I don't like the possibly the idea that we have to be in a can to be part of the game. Yeah. I don't. I don't like that. I mean, by numbers have been. This is five years. Yeah. I think anyone who's had brewed by numbers before can say with some confidence that these guys know what they're doing. It's just not like they've rushed into it. I reckon where people, where cans get a bad rap is where people launch with cans and don't get it right. Yes. And that's, and that's to the detriment of the other breweries it can and to the marketplace. Yeah. So it can pick you off because I've had some shocking cans. We've right loaded shit at the bottom of the can. You can't see it's there. Yeah. And, and I'm going to jump in there because we did have somebody came back with that exactly that comment. So Richard Harper at Alarmist UK. Um, too many going into going too quickly into cans without proper quality checks will have a negative effect just like early like bad early craft beer yeah potentially because surely a lot of people who go into brewing were home brewers home brewers bottle so home brewers yeah. get used to bottling their beer know how bottles work then maybe some cask maybe some keg cans would be, usually be the last thing because you can't just can at home no, and, and again, this is this is exactly what Roland was saying on, on on the podcast that the volume that you need to be able to certainly from a mobile canning line point of view, you're having to produce massive volumes of beer, and potentially if it's not right, it's going to be a massive loss. Yeah. So people are putting the beer out regardless because they can't afford to take the hit. Yeah. Whereas bottles, you can do a smaller run. So yeah, no, it's an, it's a it's definitely an interesting point. I certainly don't think cans are going anywhere. I, I, I think we're going to see more and more cans over the uh, over the next year. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing, especially for choice in certain places. I mean, if they're making their way into places which may not have much room for that sort of selection, then they decide, oh, I've got a bit more space in the fridge, or it feels like I've got more space in the fridge because 330 cans fit better, then it probably works. But yeah, Doing it too early, not having enough experience, and not necessarily knowing exactly what's going to be the end product, I think can put people off though. Yeah, agree. 
Let's just take a couple more comments um, that, that link into to very much what we've just said there as well. So, uh, Mike Hampshire at Nature1982, cans are a growing trend, makes sense economically, environmentally and for quality, but I don't think we're close to a tipping point. If I'm an established brewer with a well-known brand in a bottle, I wouldn't be looking to change. Thornbridge's bottling investment comes to mind. Yeah, which you've seen fairly yeah. fairly close order. Um, and does look amazing. It does look like some sort of just some, some sort of futuristic lab. Um, and you know, recently I just I bought another case of Formbridge beers. Um, and again, I would carry on buying Formbridge beers because, but I know the product. But I suppose going back to one of your earlier points and Mark Johnson's, if Formbridge is on a shelf and a very colourful can or a new can is on the shelf as well, would you be drawn to that can? And also, if you're passing through, you've just got a rucksack on your back. Potentially, yeah. You might be able to buy four cans versus two bowls. Yeah. And, and then just the, the, the final one from um, Joe Hill at Multiplex Ranks. Um, of course not. Are Buxton not in the game? Are Lost and Grounded not in the game? Burning Sky, Little Earth Project. Cans are fine, ecological and whatnot. Bottles are more reliable, better for ageing, and more accessible for tiny or new breweries. Hmm. Interesting point. On a side note looking at all these comments there's not many comments have gone over the 140 characters still there's a few that there's a few but do you know what I'm saying there's like people who've got all these characters and I, I thought we might have like <laughs> some really long tweets yeah. and stuff um, don't I mean we don't need encouragement to make the show longer so don't, don't say that as a challenge um, but no sorry just as a little tangent yeah no it's, it's interesting because I've you know my timeline does seem fuller now than, than previously um, but I certainly when I'm putting stuff out on, on behalf of the show I'm still doing my best to kind of because you don't even get character count anymore you get this ridiculous little circle dial, little dial yeah so when it starts getting close to halfway I know I'm almost at 140 yeah. and I try, try and start cutting it off there the, the only time that it's working really well for us at the moment is when we're actually promoting a show and we, we've got a few people to tag into that show. Yeah, or beers from multiple places. Yeah, that allows us to go over yeah. what, what we previously yeah, had. Yeah, no, sure, it was just a, a side comment. But I, I, think, I think we had some really, really good comments this week, actually. Really, yeah. really enjoyed reading all of them. Yeah. So thanks to everyone. And sorry, we can never read them all, but I, we do our best to read them all. Yeah, we, we will generally take a selection that's a bit of a cross-section yeah. that, that covers all of the bases. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone for getting involved this weekend yeah. and every week, really. Um, any final thoughts on the... What's it called again? The the, the Breakfast at Sicily's, I presume because they're famous for their lemons and limoncello. Does that originate from Sicily? I've been to Sicily, oh, I should know that, really. Um the lemon has dialed down a bit the more you go through the glass I think um, I'm just more getting that sort of sort of underlying sweetness and but still getting a really dry finish on it I think again I think it's really nice the you know again has it met expectations definitely yeah it, look, again do I that's, like that's it that's what it says on the team. do I like it enough to drink lots of it probably not and uh, again the first three beers have probably lent themselves more to a warmer day than we're currently experiencing <laughs> during the recording yeah. and the, the branding itself feels very uh, sort of summery as well very bright colours you would definitely spot uh, the Wild Web Rails 
I think they stand out. Yeah. yeah. And I think when we were in, uh, when we did the, the, the Midland special, when we went to the Wolf, they had a Wild Web attack takeover. They did they? indeed, yeah. And I think we were drinking that that day when we yeah. were in there for the hour or so. Let's take some more views from our listeners. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So we've had quite a, a lot of feedback this week, haven't we, mate? We have, actually. Um, so the... I'm, I'm gonna, my, my very good friend, Carl, who's a, li- a deva- devout listener of the show, has actually decided to pop up twice in short order. Um, he doesn't know he only gets one mention though oh, yeah but he wants me to set the record straight on something so I'm obliged to do oh, that okay, yeah. full disclosure etc uh, so first of all finally catching up and have to say the episodes sparklers and crowdfunding were excellent very informative yet still humorous um, I'm guessing we brought the humour bit rather well, than the factual bit to we do our best uh, but yes no thanks for that Cole and again we enjoyed that one and although the sparklers one was released quite a little while ago now we're still getting some fantastic feedback on that. So again, thank, thanks to the guys at the Victoria Inn. Um, then Carl also mentioned, um, he's obviously got quite up to date because he mentioned about the uh, the Amsterdam trip where I spoke about having the 80 beers in Amsterdam book with me. Um, yes, I did transport the book to Amsterdam. I did transport it back from Amsterdam, but while we were in Amsterdam, Carl did carry it around because he very conveniently wore a jacket which had a pocket, a, a book-sized pocket so I did put the book in his pocket and then proceeded to use Untapped to find the venues. <laughs> so, yes, thank you, Carl, for that. And yes, apologies for making you haul it round. Uh, before going any further, what, what have you just poured, Steve? Uh, this is the last of the beers that we're trying this evening, uh, again from Wild Weather Hours, and this is Skadoosh, third verse dipper. Um, coming in at a measly 11%. So we've gone five-ish, five-ish, five-ish. 11. 11. Yes. Um, cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's a really sort of resinous nose. Very. Oh, that's... Um, Boom. That's coming right in, isn't it? God, that's easy to drink. That is nice. That doesn't taste 11%. No, it doesn't. That, that's <laughs> a little bit dangerous, that one. Um, okay, so carrying on, we had uh, playing catch-up on the podcast. I've just reached the episode about sparklers, in brackets, or indeed creamers, it was brilliant and I learned loads from it. The Brig at Greyhound 1. Um, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you will know the Brig and what Greyhound 1 stands for. Oh, okay. It means something. Greyhound 1 was his sign when he was on like, the radio. Right. Uh, just listened to the Looking Back show. I too thought that uh, North Amongst Dark City was superb and we will be going again. Can't imagine how you, Steve, did Magic Rock afterwards. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And that's from John Rogers at JM Rogers 2000. Um, wow, late listening to the Beer O'Clock show after being off work yesterday and heard my opinions tweet read out. Bucket list ticked. And that's from World Beer Review at World Beer Review. We aim to please. We do indeed, yes. Um, so yeah, I'm glad, glad you're listening, glad you're catching up. Hope, and, gets, and gets a second mention now. Yeah, so. and hope you weren't off work for anything bad. They weren't ill or anything. Uh, great show would be interesting to know about Sam Smith's beer's efforts in the USA in many cases they are indeed the sole representative of good British beer on the store shelf as you saw and that's from Mark Crilly at Mark Crilly so I think that must be a reference to when we did the looking back show back your comments, my comments yeah. when I was in um, Arizona and I can only say that yeah they were consistently available in either the bottle shops or the supermarkets for Sam Smith's beer so hats off to however they do it 
and not that badly priced for a fairly decent length of travel as well. So, yeah, it would be quite interesting actually, but I mean, you don't really see much from Sam Smith on social media, do you? No, you don't. They don't really engage. So it'd be quite nice media, if they sort of yeah. picked up on it, but I don't think they do really. Um, couldn't agree more with this week's idea of wasting dead calories on awful beers. I'm dreading the nights out on awful beer, hoping to find bottles of punk or something else vaguely decent. I'll even pay the ridiculous premium. If not, wine. Mark at Kel fired. So that's obviously in relation to last week's. You know, we're coming into season, season to be jolly, but does that mean not necessarily having the drinks you want? And I think I mentioned a bit about wasting dead calories, didn't I? You did indeed. Um, yeah. I'd be the same as him. Uh, you know, the fact that punk does get into quite a lot of places now does give you a bit of hope that you may be able to spot that blue label. I'm, I'm still really hesitant to do that though. Why? Um, well, because one, I'm adverse to paying the premium on, on it when you can buy it for less than two quid a bottle in Tesco. Yeah, but if you're in a place where you're hoping to find something, you're paying a premium for everything. Yeah, but, but and secondly, you've got no idea how long that bottle's been sat in that fridge. No, but I still reckon you'll still get enough out of it, but it's still going to be better than some macro. So a bad punk is still better than no, no I didn't the say best bad, macro, did I? macro. I might have better get it fresh. An old punk. Older than I might yeah. usually have at home. It would probably still be better than having macro for me. I'm not so sure. Hmm. But then at this time of the year, if I'm out in bars and I'm in places not of my choosing, I'm generally just finding the quickest method to get from A to B. Oh, no, I'm the same. I was out on Saturday night and Peroni was in a bucket, which was about five yards away from where I was standing. So I, I had Peroni. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had wine. So I ticked both those boxes. Uh, here and uh, Oh, look, we've got a comment from number one, number one fan, Miles Lambert. Very well done on avoiding the term Belgiany. Three weeks of saisons are not mentioned once. Good work. Yeah, sorry about that. We didn't mean to actually put it in there. Yeah, <laughs> just we, the sheer yeah, hell of it. We, we took the challenge that yeah. he laid down on that first week and kind of kept running with it. Can we just say it wasn't easy? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't the easiest thing we've done. And uh, last but not least, their second shout out uh, has been New Boy, Roland Glue. Um, opinions catch up. Pretty sure I heard that Saison's got stronger during uh, the 20th century in the same way British beers got weaker. Part of the move from farm worker first quencher to cafe bar slower drinker. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that either. Nice bit of beer history there. There is. Uh, some more facts. For those of you who really enjoy facts, there's another one. People have been loving facts. Yeah. Not generally from us now. Maybe we should do more research. More facts. Yeah. Um, so no, that, that, thank you very much. And um, again, if you want to uh, be featured on Bittering Lingers and get in touch with us, hashtag opinions. And we'll pick it up. That's where we'll find you. Now, also in the last week, we've also had, um, not necessarily directly to us, some in relation to last week's show, but also some just generally on Twitter because everybody's been drinking them around the Fullers and Friends beers. Mm -hmm. There's there's been a lot of comments on there. And there seems to be, I don't think I'm being unfair in saying, an overwhelmingly bias towards these beers are a bit underwhelming. Yeah, which I have to admit, because we, this is a week on from when we had them, and I have to say, I enjoyed every single one of them. We had a case each, which we picked up, at, well, I say we picked up, you picked up at the same time when you did your little shop, shopping trip to Waitrose, um, and I'm really looking forward to sitting down and having 
all of those again. I am, yeah. Um, and I think I think the one which really stood out for me uh, with various comments I saw was the um, the Cloud Water collaboration with Fuller's, the New England IPA. Um, I've had, I'm going to put it out there right now. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I think the the balance which came from a brewery like Fuller's because they're still looking to not alienate the Fuller's market coupled with the innovation of Cloudwater produced one of the best beers I've had from Cloudwater in quite some time for me. I really, really loved it. Uh, but that was the one which seemed to catch my eye with the, the, some of the feedback, people going, meh, to sum it up. Yeah, but uh, and I'm, I'm probably with you on that. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I suppose if you were drinking it against a pure cloud water beer, it's, it's going to have a massive profile, oh, yeah. like flavour profile yeah. difference. But I, I, I just have to, part of me just has to ask the question, what were people expecting from, from this box? Like I said, one half of this was Fuller's. Yeah, yeah. So These are a big, traditional, regional brewer who, yes, are starting to branch out a bit starting to do new things but were you if you were really expecting and again I'm going to use the cloud water one because it's so obvious one to use but if you were expecting a full on fruity milk bomb then where was the fullest collaboration bit? Well you weren't going to get that from a fullest bit No You were never going to get that from a fullest bit um, I just think I, I don't know I, I think I think maybe some people have gone into it there with their expectations really high and as you say, you've, you've got to bear in mind that half of this box is Fuller's. Yes. And what they've brought to the table. Yeah. And it's all brewed at Fuller's. Yeah. So everyone came to their place of work rather than the other way around. But I think, I think what the box has done, because undoubtedly it's still all over social media. Yep. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of it over social media in this past week. And, and what I think they've done is, is brought something very exciting to, to maybe a lot of people that have never actually experienced craft beer. Mm. And, you know, if you haven't tried them yet, then please let us know what you do think of them as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because we, we, we're keen to hear people's views. Definitely, because, like I said, we really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I agree with Steve, I think, the fact that these beers are available, and I think both at price point and once they actually appeared in all, all the Waitrose stores, then it has made it right. It has made it quite accessible, and people they may not know Cloudwater, Hard Knot, etc., but they might know Fuller's. Yeah, and they might go, "Oh, Fuller's!" They're sitting there beside maybe the Vintage Ale or the Imperial Stout or the the Wild River. And they might go, "Actually, do you know what? Give that a go. I might give that a go because yeah. it says Fuller's on it." Yeah. Although special mention this week to James at Gammon Baron who ordered a box online and um, his local Waitrose did that thing where they replaced something that isn't in stock with something similar and he got sent a four pack of Badger Owls instead of the Oh my God, no. Collab. So he did the online, because oh, I, I don't do online shopping very often, but I always tick do not replace. Yeah. They replaced it with a four pack of Badgers. Ooh. Sorry. Yes, he was less than pleased. Oh, I bet he was. Anyway. Um... <laughs> oh, those expletives. 
as, as, as you said earlier, um, do let us know your, your views on that or on anything we've spoken about tonight. Use the hashtag opinions. We will find you and we will feature you on a future show. So, um, we've, we're at the end. We are. Well, we're nearly at the end. I mean, I've almost finished my beer. It's just, it's really drinkable for an 11% double IPA. This is fantastic. I'm loving this. Um, so, Skadoosh, third verse, Dipper, 11%. Nailed it. This is fantastic. It hasn't got any of that. It's got that, it's quite piney resinous initially, but it hasn't got that stickiness to it at all, has it? No, absolutely not. Bit dry, bit bitter. I'd, I'd like maybe a little bit more bitterness, but then that's me. Yeah, but no, bitterness at the end, I'll, I'll quite happily have that, but I wouldn't take anything away from what they've achieved with that, as in 11% beer. Yeah. Put that, again, you know, bag on my head. Is the only way to do a blind tasting anyway. Um, I would have gone six to seven, maybe. Six to seven, maybe late seven. Yeah, but yeah. only because I might have tried to overthink it. I think if you just give me a quick taste, I'd go, oh, yeah, that's sort of towards the axe edge cannibal range. Yeah, easily. Whereas it's easy, another 4% on top of that. Yes, that might become it. very dangerous. So what we do next, Steve? Uh, well, next week is... Um, what seems to be becoming, be becoming an annual show ah. of ours. It's the Hangover Special. Ah, oh, it's like the post-Crimbo Crawl. Yes, yeah, so um, it is the Crimbo Crawl in Sheffield this weekend, and we have decided that once again we're going to record on Sunday morning. Yes, you lucky listeners. Yeah, so um, without a doubt, next week's show will probably be all about Sheffield. Yeah, there'll be, the be no well. beer involved There will be no beer involved. There'll be tea, coffee, and bacon. <laughs> there will certainly be. Uh, the, there's certainly be no poll discussion in next week's show no. e- either. So if you do want to get involved in next week's show, you basically just tweet us anything using the hashtag opinions, and we'll probably read it out. Yeah. And if you are joining us on um, Saturday for the Crimbo Crawl, there's no guarantee we'll remember what you've told us on Saturday to quote it on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. That full disclosure and dis- disclaimer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so that that should be fun. Very much looking forward oh, to that. that. I'm really the lineup looks good. Yeah, the, the places we're going to are really good. It's going to be a good day, and it's, it's also a long day. All new for me as well. Cool. It's, uh, I think I think it's going to be uh, a good day. I think we're going to try a good range of beers. Most of all, we're just going to have a lot of fun with a lot of people. Yeah, really looking forward to it. I think so. Uh, just a final thank you to uh, Wild Weather. For yeah. uh, sending over the beers for us to try, have enjoyed all of those. Yeah, thank you very much. Particularly this ridiculously drinkable. Yes. Double IPA. Until next one, mate. It's all about the game. And